What's going on, beautiful people? It's the North Shore 9 postgame show. The Pirates lose by a lot. I'm Tyler. With me is Neil. Neil, in a 162-game season, you're bound to have some clunkers. We witnessed a clunker tonight. It was so boring. <laughs> it, was, I, it was a struggle to keep this game on. And all I could think about is, like, if the team doesn't show up and the coaches don't show up to do their job, do we really have to log on and do this tonight? <laughs> Unfortunately, we do because there's a big boss man, Denardo, that will yell at me if we don't. All right. Well, we'll, we'll blame this on Denardo for the fact I'm not getting any sleep tonight. Yeah. Hey, I blame him for a lot more than that. <laughs> but Pirates lose this 1 7 2. Um, I guess there's really one big thing to talk about. And at this point, I'm kind of reeling in myself a little bit on what I previously have said about Quinn Priester. At one point in the season, I was very, very on board of call him up. I mm. still don't really regret that take because I don't feel like there was any other options. Quinn Priester had shown in the minor leagues that he was getting outs. He was pitching effectively. Quinn Priester is doing the exact opposite in Major League Baseball. It's been Nick. awful. Like, I, I need someone to tell me one thing he does well. Because I don't see it. I, I know he's supposed to have some, like, incredible breaking pitches. But he doesn't strike out enough, guys. He doesn't really get swings and misses. And his fastball is a free hit every single time. It's really bad. So I don't want to be harsh on Quimper's through here. <laughs> but there's really nothing else you can say about him that's not harsh. Mm -hmm. We're at the point while watching Quinn Priester that it is very similar to watching a position player pitch in the ninth inning. Yeah. It is very few pitches and a lot of very hard contact and a lot of runs. Yeah, um, it never he never looks good on the mound, um, and his slider and his four seamer are both negative six run value pitches in like five starts, something like that. Like he hasn't been in the majors very long, mm -hmm. and already his pitches are some of the worst you'll see in baseball. Yeah, and his two seamers not very good either. His sinker's his best pitch. Yeah, and it's it's really not a good pitch. It's just that everything else is really bad. Yeah, I mean, what's kind of crazy is that like his slider gets like a fifty percent whiff rate, mm -hmm. and then, but then when he gets hit, he it almost has, it has a one thousand slugging and a four sixty seven batting average. So like when people hit, they hit him hard, 
And so I feel like, you know, he's trying to be like that Rich Hill kind of pitcher, you know, like where he has slow stuff, but like he uses his location. He, he doesn't have the location necessary to pitch like the way he does. And I think the other part that I don't know if it gets overlooked, but the velocity is a big issue. Like you can't throw 91, 92. It does not work. I agree. <laughs> but that speaks to an organizational thing at this point, right? Like I have to question what Oscar Marin does with these guys because Rwanzi was throwing 97 when he came to us. He can barely break 94 now. You know, Luis Ortiz is now throwing 95 instead of 98. Quinn Priester, when we drafted him, was throwing 97 miles an hour. 96. That's where he sat. And so you have to ask yourself, like, what are we doing? Because it's not just Oscar Marin, even though I want him fired, but like, there's an organizational issue with how we develop our pitchers. Has there been a single pitcher besides Mitch Keller who went outside the organization? who has gotten better as a prospect as when they got to the major leagues. No, no. <laughs> like when that's also just, it's kind of an easy question to answer just because there's not been a prospect that's come up and been good since this regime has taken over. It's been essentially just a complete nightmare of developing pitching. Um, look, I have, I'm just going to break into my little – this is literally my Hail Mary on Quinn Priester right now. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you've heard, like, little bits and pieces of it. But I truthfully really, really believe that Quinn Priester throws from a very poor arm slot. I think if this team is going to have him throw a two-seamer in a, in a slider, which is completely against what Quinn Priester was as a prospect, he was four-seam curveball. In, in the lower levels, all we heard about was how good the curveball was from him. Mm -hmm. If he's going to throw from this over-the-top slot and you're going to have him throw a sinker and a slider, that is completely counterproductive of what he's trying to do here. Mm -hmm. So if we're going to go with the two-seamer and slider type, I feel like he has to drop just a hair more and throw just maybe not all the way three-quarters you got to go a little more and get a little more horizontal movement on some of this because everything is so damn flat with him. Yeah. And it's an absolute Hail Mary because mm -hmm. if you're throwing 91, 92, it's, it's not going to work either way. But at some point, it's just another square peg round hole where you're having this guy. I've never in my life seen a two-seam slider type of guy throwing from a Joe Kelly type of arm slot. Well, it, it makes you wonder why, like, we have, like, this one-size-fits-all. Like, I have no problem with having, like, a, an, an overall philosophy. You know, like, you, you, you think slider, sinker is the way to go? Cool. Like, I, I can get behind that. I understand. Like, sinker is in. Sliders are in. Like, that's what people are doing to get outs in the sleeve. Like, I get it. But when you have someone like Quinn Priester, who his curveball is actually really good. He just never throws it. Like for whatever reason, he does not throw. He only throws a fifteen percent of the time. He should be throwing it more than his four seam. And so, yeah. I, I I don't want to say it's because his fastball is so bad, but it really just like reeks of like him going to another organization and him figuring it out with a team that actually lets him pitch the way he needs to pitch. 
because forcing slider sinker on a guy like Freester makes no sense. <laughs> no, it, it really doesn't. Like, I feel like Jim can correct me if I'm wrong. He's in the chat right now. I think like two or three years ago, Jim went and watched Quinn Priester throw in a minor league game, and he said it was the best curveball he's seen since Mitch Keller, mm -hmm. who also the team decided doesn't throw a curveball anymore. Um, which just goes back to the organizational philosophy on pitching that just seems to be, like you said, a one-size-fits-all type of approach here. Yeah, I mean, like... <laughs> I, I honestly have no more words because like, it's the same story with each guy, you know? And I think that's what makes the velocity dips and all these guys even more frustrating because if you're going to spam sinker slider, you need velocity there. Like you need guys ripping 98 mile an hour force a uh, sinkers. Cause if that's what yeah. they're able to do, but instead we're telling them to throw 95 and we're essentially telling them not to throw their best stuff. Right. And I, I don't get what we're trying to do here. Yeah. Um, it's kind of worked for Oviedo, I guess, because Oviedo is that kind of pitcher. Right. It just, why aren't we trying to acquire more pitchers like that? <laughs> Bailey Falter's not that guy. No. Quinn Priester is not that guy. Nobody they drafted <laughs> is that guy. Like Thomas Harrington is not that guy. No. <laughs> I mean, like maybe you can say um, Skeens is that guy, but you know he he has two. I think he also has like a really nasty changeup, and they're just not going to let him throw it in the minors for whatever reason. I'm just so happy you said Skeens correctly. I've been saying it right for weeks, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. Thank how, you. How, how does how does that feel? You know, I, I'm here. Um, the most most watched video on the North Shore Nine channel is me um, <laughs> saying his name wrong. It's just terrific. It, it's great for the brand. <laughs> um, but Quinn Priester goes, I don't even hell if I know how many innings. It wasn't five, many. Five innings. It was a painful seven, five, man. Five innings, seven runs, six, uh, seven six hits, six runs, runs, three walks, three strikeouts, and two home runs. Yeah, it sucked. It was awful. And he, I think he gave up a run in every – the Mets scored a run in each of the first six innings. I think he's given a run in, like, literally 65% eh, of the innings he's pitched. <laughs> I don't think he – has he gone one, two, three since, like, his first three innings up? That's a good question. It's been bad. It's been really bad. Um, in five innings, 11 hard hit balls. Yeah. It's been really bad. Um, I don't really, I really can't imagine you can keep trotting him out there. He's just a bullpen killer at this point. And they've already got two of them. Yeah. I mean, at this point, your rotation is like three guys who can kind of pitch what deep in the games. And it's Quinn Priester. And then it's your choice of Osvaldo Beto, Andre Jackson, Thomas Hatch, and uh, Bailey Falter. <laughs> Yeah, at this point, you're better off just like loading up the entire organization with bullpen guys and just letting them try to figure it out for five days a week. We're just going to go full raise and just only have yeah. guys throw three innings at a time, you know, Andre. Yeah, I can't do that. <laughs> Never mind. I forget I said that. I can't stay up till 11 o'clock doing these post game shows anymore. It's August 14th. I'm running out of steam myself. 
Well, if the if the pirates were in the indicator, they were running out of steam too because they looked lifeless tonight. After like stranding the bases loaded, it it was game over. The offense just completely checked out. Yeah, I guess oh, we I've... should like talk a little bit about the offense if there mm-hmm. was any tonight. Um, the one guy just to touch on, Cabrian Hayes. He's hitting the ball. Um, I have my opinions on him. Where are you at with Cabrian Hayes right now? Do I say the word? Sure. I'm intrigued. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> because I, I don't want to say he's back. Because not only are people going to adjust, and I think I saw your tweet, and I kind of agree with it about spamming him inside, seeing if he can pull the ball properly. Like, And people are going to adjust to this. I, I need to see something more than just a week or two of Cabrian Hayes hitting the baseball well. I, I've been suckered in like five separate times over the past three years, and I'm tired of it. So like, until like until I can see it for like a month at least, I'm not buying in fully. Yeah, it's hard to buy in fully, especially because we're not seeing like a spike in a walk rate or anything like that. Mm-hmm. We're still seeing a consistent strikeout rate. I think he's still around 20% in the last like week or two. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're not really seeing. It's a, it's one of the, it looks like a hot streak, just to be frank here. Um, it does. I mean, you can definitely see the mechanical changes he's been making. Um, But, you know, that's what we also said about the toe tap. Yeah. Um, And I want to believe in him so badly. Yeah. But you know, what, like what if I'm gonna if Sorry, I'm gonna be positive on him, I will say that he's a he's been able to turn on these kind of middle out breaking pitches that mm-hmm. I think early in the year and early in his career we'd see him just try to shoot the other way. So mm-hmm. he's taking advantage of the opportunities to pull a baseball. It's yeah. just that I can't help but wonder what's going to happen when the league finally punches back on him. And he mm. starts to face some better pitching who can throw him inside. And truthfully, if I'm Cabrian Hayes, I'm going full on Anthony Rizzo and I'm just going to crowd the hell out of the plate. I would not, I wouldn't be, and the only thing is like, he's already has the broken wrist. Yeah. I, I can under, I can understand why he wouldn't be too encouraged to do that, but like, yeah, but I'm not him. I don't care. What? <laughs> well, my, my positive thing is that his issue has always been that he can't hit the ball hard in the air. Like he will beat the ever loving crap out of the ball into the ground. But what we've been seeing at least recently, and I think he even had one like to deep right field mm-hmm. is that the launch angle and the velocity on the launch angle is way better. He's making consistent hard contact to all directions of the field. I think that's just who he is. He's always going to be a guy who's going to go all over the place. But if there's something to take away from it, it's that he is f- at least looking like he's fixing the biggest issue with his swing. Now, again, like you said, people are going to adjust. They're going to start throwing him better pitches. But we've been so miserable. I might as well be happy about this. <laughs> so the other thing about Hayes, though, is like you can get away with having a hole in your swing when you're so good defensively. Mm-hmm. But he's got to be able to take advantage of pitches like he has been lately. So if he's able to somehow take advantage of those pitches, those mistake pitches, because you're still going to get those no matter what. Mm -hmm. If he's able to take advantage of those, 
that turns you more into that league average type of hitter. Mm-hmm. Because, hell, we've seen Jack Sawinski able to do it. He's terrible. <laughs> He's probably a league average hitter. He's awful. Yeah. And Cabrian Hayes is actually good, really good at third base. Mm-hmm. So if he's able to, like in that second, I think it was the second at bat today, there were a couple breaking pitches, just meatballs, absolute meatballs. He just was not able to barrel up. And then mm-hmm. two strikes on him, he's able to turn on something finally. If he's able to do something like that more often, Mm-hmm. That's how you get to that league average type guy that we've been just begging for. Just mm-hmm. be a league average. That's it. Yeah. No. It, it, like we 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 don't need like a hundred and thirty WRC plus Cabrian Hayes. Like it'd be great if he gets there. Like no no complaints here. But I mean, no. He just needs to be hovering around league average. He will be like a five war player. You know, like like easily being good enough for that contract that he's on. Um. But you're right. His barrel accuracy is terrible. <laughs> And it kind of has been like for his entire career outside of 2020. I mean, it's a little better this year. It's like at 7%. But when you have a guy hitting the ball that hard, you really need those barrels to hit. Because it's so ugly. It, oh, it is. <laughs> it is so ugly. <laughs> I mean, it's so but, damn off balance. It, it's, it's crazy how he catches up to how he hits the ball so hard when it, when you really sit down and think about it. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, he's never going to be like a 30 home run hitter and that's fine, but I mean I just need him to hit like this more often. Yeah. Like honestly, just go through these Jack Sawinski type of spells where you're hot. <laughs> that's all you need from Cabrian Hayes. Just be hot for a couple weeks. Mhm. That's all we ask for. Um, so even if I, Jack Suwinski is like the most infuriating player to ever watch put on a Pirates uniform. Oh yeah. I can't stand him. But like if Brian <laughs> Hayes were him at the plate, I could live with it. That's fair. Without, can... without the home runs, just like streakiness of mm-hmm. you have these three hit nights, things like that. You live with that a little bit more with a Brian Hayes who plays an elite uh, defensive third base. Yeah, I can agree with that. And like, yeah, I, I'm also not opposed to like Jack Sawinski on the team if he's like playing corner, the corner where he's supposed to. And hitting like seventh or eighth. I just hate him in center field so much. I, yeah. Well, I mean, if we're just going to talk about Jack Sawinski, Jack Sawinski is hitting like, I think he's under 100 for the month of August. Mm-hmm. Um, Like a six, coming into the day, I think it was a 16 weighted runs created plus. Absolutely atrocious month to this point. He was down to a 114 weighted runs created plus uh, on the year. Where are you at with him? Another you know, I've been rough night for him tonight. I've been more of a defender of him than like most people on the on like the North Shore Nine crew, but I, it you can't play this badly. It is not just August. He has been an unplayable baseball player since July 6th. That is five straight weeks of atrocious baseball. And, you know, he is young. And, you know, I still think that good defensive ability on the corner with 30 home run power is go- it is something that you can live with. Like, that is something that every team wants. 
you he needs to take a break <laughs> he needs like a series to sit down and stop playing because he doesn't look competitive in the slightest no yeah i mean i feel like the tides kind of turned on me where i have to slightly defend him every now and then now because mm-hmm. everyone's turned so much where in my mind, I can live with the Jack Sawinski if he's like my 7-8 hitter. Mm-hmm. And pl- like you said, playing a corner outfield position. I can't rely on a Jack Sawinski. And, I mean, we've seen it for the last week or so. Mm-hmm. Saw it last night. Guys on base, he's just not able to put baseballs in play in big spots. Mm-hmm. Truthfully, he there's a lot of times where he hurts the team more than he helps them. Mm-hmm. Just his approach to the plate's not very productive to winning baseball games there's yeah. not there's not much of a like honestly there's not much of a baseball iq at the plate with him no i mean like it's it's really there's no such thing as situational hitting none with jack Sawinski, and that can be fine when like when he is hitting tanks but let's put it this way since july 6th 100 plate appearances right 148 batting average 240 on base 269 slugging, 42 strikeouts. That's Bly Madris numbers. Like any way you slice it, that is, but you're playing like Bly Madris. And you can't bat him clean up every day when he's playing like this. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, yeah. I guess we, I guess we can blame Shelton there, but I mean, who else? I don't know who else they're going to put there. Yeah. I mean, it's a post game show, so I'm not going to get down that rabbit hole because we already haven't talked about the game at all. Yeah, but what the hell true. are we going to talk about? <laughs> there, I mean, guys, there were five hits tonight, and two came from Hayes, one came from Henry Davis, and one from Pagero, which was an infield hit, and then Connor Joe collected a hit. So, like, anybody want to talk about any of that? Not really. No. And I've already spoken my piece about how they're treating Henry Davis. I, but so I'm not going to go into it again. <laughs> um, aside from that, like let's just wrap it up with Osvaldo Beto. He All got right. moved to the bullpen. He goes three innings a night, strikes out two, walks one. Just, are you seeing anything from, from Beto as a reliever that kind of intrigues you a little bit? I like him when he's not throwing three innings. Um, I, think fair. I think he's a good guy to use throughout there for uh, one inning. He spams the slider, kind of like a dowry Moretta, and then you get him out of there. Um, I don't see any other kind of future for him in this league, but I'm happy he's not making starts anymore because that's just not what he's going to be. He's not a starter. He can't see the lineup more than once through the order. But, I mean, I guess he's, it's, it's nice that he saved the bullpen tonight. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he, like, I mean, that's a good point. He did save the bullpen tonight on a night where coming into it, it feels like Quinn Priester's going to burn it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, good on Oswaldo Beto tonight for doing that. But I think his ceiling's a middle reliever, and mm-hmm. he's part of that little group that I talked about last night, I think, where you just throw them all at the wall, see what sticks. 
mm-hmm. and pray that one of these guys is able to become just <laughs> capable enough to get you through enough fittings to get you to the holder men's and the bed nurse of the world. In like, I don't know. I, I guess like I'm okay with like having guys like hatch and Beto and Jackson who were able to go three innings. I think I just rather see them pitch one inning each and like use them multiple nights. Cause like we kind of saw Andre Jackson struggle yesterday Thomas Hatch kind of struggle. Like you can't expect them to go three perfect innings each time out. Like it doesn't, it just doesn't work like that. So I don't know. I would rather see them establish themselves as actual bullpen guys instead of mop up relievers. Yeah. The problem is that they're mopping up a lot. That's true. <laughs> it, it works for this year. It, and if it happens and next last year, year and the year before yeah. that, and the year before that, I mean, I we weren't, I no one, know. no one was mopping things up well last year. Last year was a disaster. Yeah. Every year is a disaster anymore. We're Pirates fans. You're not wrong, but Hey, it's August 14th. We're closing in on the end of the year. You know what tomorrow is Neil Paul Skeens day. Well, that's what I'm pretty sure that's all we'll be talking about <laughs> on the post game tomorrow if yeah. unless things drastically change. Um what time does he pitch? That's a good question. I don't know. I I'd assume earlier, but I don't know. Yeah. I never really dug that deep into it. I just figure that someone from North Shore Nine is gonna put out a TikTok about it and I'll watch it there. And I will see about twenty five accounts rushing to uh post Paul Skeen's highlights first in order to get the most engagement. <laughs> exactly. And Donardo coming through 630, he believes. All right. So, but in regard to the big league club, Bailey Falter tomorrow on the mound, 710 start. It's Bailey. Ah. I have to cover Quinn Priester and Bailey Falter on back-to-back nights. <laughs> have fun. <laughs> All right. Man. Why did I agree to do this? <laughs> we ask ourselves that every day. <laughs> All right, Neil. Anything else you want to add? No, I want to go to bed. <laughs> Me too. All right. We're out of here. Thanks for watching. Uh, join in again tomorrow. We're out of here. Peace out, Girl Scouts. Hey, you all, thank you for watching. I know we try to provide the most entertaining content that we can, uh, and we'd love to spread it to as many people as possible. So uh, I know it doesn't seem like a lot, but if you could take the five seconds to like this video and subscribe to the page, it helps out so much more than you know. Thank you, and let's go Bucks.